Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. I love hearing you do a story on Lollapalooza. Which bands have you enjoyed uh, most so far this year? Um... Well, we I haven't for, heard any. Were you there for Kygo last night? Who? Kygo? Kygo? Hey, you're asking if you can go somewhere. Kygo? Yeah, can I go? Uh, how about Willow? Were you there for Willow? That's, no. That's Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's no, daughter. No, 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 no. Did they do the song Willow Weep for Me? No, did no. they? Yeah, I'm pretty did, sure they did, did not. Did, okay. It wasn't there, right. but I'm pretty okay. sure they did. All right. Okay. Um, you live near the Lollapalooza, don't you? Mm-hmm. You mean the Hoot Nanny? Slightly. Schwanny likes to call it the big Hoot Nanny on the park. <laughs> yes. Is it fun having all that excitement? Oh, delightful! Outside your door, just delightful. Absolutely a joy. Sensing a bit of sarcasm there. Are you catching that? <laughs> um, when I was there Thursday, Thursday was the only day that I went. To you know, to cover it, I was I was busy working. Uh, I have never smelled so much weed on the streets of Chicago. <laughs> I may still be a little secondary smoke. I still have the munchies. Let me just say, <laughs> wow, it's legal now, right? Oh yes. Yeah. So crazy kids. <laughs> Is that why you're wearing shorts today? <laughs> <laughs> I know you knew I was going to bring it up. I you just didn't know where. when I, I I thought about that at three thirty this morning when yeah. I was getting ready. I Shwani's thought wearing, he's going to mention this. He's going to say shorts something today. <laughs> They're not Shwani's, short shorts. Johnny's wearing Daisy Dukes today. <laughs> Forty years I've known this man. I've never seen him wearing shorts before. Forty one now. Well. <laughs> Traumatized. I'm never going to be able to unsee those legs. Now, one of the most classic songs to come out of the '60s rock era out of Chicago. In fact, one of the biggest hits during the British Invasion. One of the few American groups that broke through during that era. Chicago's very own The uh, Shadows of Night, and uh, lead singer Jimmy Sons, who passed away on Friday. Uh, his daughter says that he died of a stroke at Alexian Brothers Hospice Residences in Elk Grove Village. Lived in Rosemont. He and three of his buddies formed the Shadows of Night in 1964. In 1966, this song, G-L-O-R-I-A, went to the number one spot. They had three other number one songs. One of them was used in the movie Ford vs. Ferrari. A great song, Johnny. I see you bopping in there. I, see I you bop- have bopping in a bopping. So many good memories of listening to this on the Big Eighty Nine. I feel weird listening to it on nice speakers. I feel like I should be <laughs> listening to it on a transistor on your radio. little transistor radio with a little earpiece, my that single goes in. ear earbud. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure is uh, the reason for my hearing loss in one ear, <laughs> having that thing jammed in my head for all those years. 
Uh, Jimmy Sons was uh, inducted into the Chicago Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2005. He's 75 years old. It's a big loss. Yeah, that was one of those songs that defined the era there. Classic. You will find it on numerous uh, greatest hits compilations from that era. Well, and you know, the the song, uh, all of their number one songs, I mean, they were number one on the Billboard charts. It's not like they were just Chicago hits. These were hits uh, nationally and probably internationally. And I can't speak for anyone else, but I know that I learned how to spell the name Gloria by listening to G-L-O-R-I-A. Yeah, I learned from that song. Wasn't it always a big deal? It was always very exciting to see a Chicago-based group uh, have a national hit like that. The Buckinghams, the Crying Shames, yeah. uh, Ides of March, yep. groups like that would have a national hit. Yeah. You know, we take we take pride in our in our the group Chicago. How about the group? Oh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the, the group Chicago originally named uh, Chicago Transit Authority. Chicago Transit Authority weren't they called something else before that though? Uh yes, I can't remember what it I can't was. Remember either it was something else that, that goes way back. Now, if they come to Lollapalooza, I'm going. They were just at the Tinley Park, uh, whatever it's called now. <laughs> that the whatever that's it's the, called now that's the official name is that of the, the arena of the, of what, the whatever it's called now <laughs> appearing changed, tonight only they changed the name of the venue there so much they just decided to call it whatever it's tinley called park now. whatever it's called now <laughs> i think it's the hollywood casino amphitheater i believe that's the name wasn't that the world music theater yeah, a number long yeah. time ago yeah, yeah of course it was <laughs> By the way, Chicago is known as the big thing. The big the thing. Big thing. That's it. Yes. The yeah. big thing. The big thing. There you go. Uh, they were just at the Tinley Park place with um, Brian Wilson, I want to say, of the Beach From Boys. the Beach Boys. Brian Wilson of Beach Boys fame. Uh, I was not here. I was out of town, but... Um, I hear it was a, a great show. They have a new album, by the way, the group Chicago. Yet another new album? They have another new album. Um, the um, Their longtime manager, Pete Chevarelli, my old buddy, uh, sent me a copy of the new album. I haven't listened to it yet, uh, but I, I will, and we'll probably have the guys on from the band on the show, as we have many, many times. Did they put it out on vinyl as well as... Uh, I wish they would. Wouldn't that be great? I wish they would. I don't have any way of playing it, but it's just cool to have vinyl. Come over to my house. Yeah, that's that's too much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I know that you've uh, you've got all your uh, cannabis uh, smoking <laughs> friends walking up and down the street. <laughs> I'm done with that. You know, I've decided I hate the smell of marijuana. <laughs> from tired of it from being at lot well i think i'm a, i think i'm tired of it man i can't remember <laughs> no i uh from walking around Lollapalooza, it's in the air i mean people are just openly smoking it legally uh but from what i was in new york last week that's where i was last weekend i have never smelled until i went to Lollapalooza. I had never smelled so much weed out on the streets. It's like everybody is smoking marijuana in New York. It's legal there, too, apparently. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. And I was like, I really hate the smell of this. I do not like the smell of it. 
And we noticed it too when we were walking around a few weeks ago. So, does this mean we're getting older? Well, we can get still get the gummies and the, the <laughs> and the brownies, the, the baked goods. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I just don't like the smell. It's you know what it is. It's skunky. It's what skunky. It's skunky. Doesn't it smell like skunk? <laughs> yeah, kind of like when a beer goes bad. Too. Like a beer. Goes yeah. Bad. yeah. 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 <laughs> Not a pleasant oh. smell. Okay. Never. Well, I then never, just stay inside. I never really did like it, the smell of just it. Just stay inside, then. To tell you the truth, but I didn't want to seem uncool back in the day by saying I didn't like <laughs> I the smell like the of smell it. I don't like the smell of it, man. And I wasn't crazy about passing it around, either. That seemed very unsanitary to me, <laughs> especially in these days of COVID. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't ever remember Dr. Fauci saying, do go ahead and bogart that joint. Now, after this conversation, as the the kids used to say, after this conversation, is Dr. Most going to be speaking to us? Dr. Most is not joining us. Oh, see, you you knew already. Dr. Robert Murphy is joining us. Well, is Dr. Murphy going to be talking with us I can ask him about it. Ask him about it. He's an old hippie. Who (laughs) Who knows what his past is? I don't. Oh, now look, a texter on our on our lovely text line, already chiming in with things that are super important. Uh, 1970s marijuana smelled so much better than the current weed. The current. Really? Is, is there a difference? Really? I don't, yeah. What would be the difference? I'm wondering what the, hmm. what the difference would be. Hmm. Well, we'll have to book a <laughs> marijuana expert on the show. Here is yet another new topic for hmm. the program. Another uh, texter, wow, we tapped a nerve here with the you stoners out there this morning. <laughs> Who knew we had such a big stoner audience on WGN? That's the only way they can. <laughs> They're just sitting there with with their, their joints on their text phones. Uh, 815 area code says, technically, I don't think it's legal to smoke weed in public. We definitely need a marijuana expert. Yeah, we do. We do. Because I'm no, there is there are restrictions um, as to where you can and cannot uh, legally uh, use it. Well, recreational use. If it is not legal to smoke in the street, it's like bus fumes downtown. downtown. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a big old CTA bus just went by. Maybe that's what you were smelling. I'm pretty sure it was not. I don't think I ever got munchies from bus fumes before. <laughs> uh, I did. I did notice it here, but in New York, in Times Square, uh, you know, I was going to see shows, which I'll tell you about more uh, later on. But uh, it's it is just everywhere. It is just absolutely everywhere in New York. Maybe that's why I enjoyed the shows that I saw so much. Maybe You maybe, felt very relaxed. You know what? Maybe that's a new ploy on the part of Broadway producers mm-hmm. to, uh, you know... Have everybody light up outside the theaters. Yeah. Remember like when the, they used to have those cookie stores, Mrs. Fields and others, <laughs> and they used to pump the cookie, the baked cookie smell outside oh, yeah. to entice you to come in? Maybe that's what they're doing in New York, pumping the weed smell out into the street. <laughs> 
<laughs> that skunky smell. Boy, what speculation on your part. That skunky smell. And then when you go inside for the theater, you enjoy the show no matter what kind of crap it is on stage. <laughs> Never thought of that. <laughs> we, well. un- we uncover... We uncover all the conspiracies here, <laughs> here on Weed Talk 720. <laughs> wow, our, our, wow, our, our phone line. Really lighting up? Eight one, yeah, man, it's lit up. Look at the lights on this phone, man. Far out. 815 area code said, I went to Amsterdam. Oh, we're in for a wild time this morning. I went to Amsterdam a couple of months ago. Talk about smelling marijuana. Oh, my gosh, I can imagine. I've never been to Amsterdam. Have you, Shwani? You're the well-traveled one around here. No, I have not, but I know for a fact that it uh, is uh, f- used very freely over yeah. there. It says here, everybody was walking around high and eating. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 847 area code, 19, <laughs> 1970s weed smells sweet. <laughs> uh, oh, Schwani here. This is 219 area code. It says growing up in Northwest Indiana, as Schwani did, uh, I had friends that used to get their weed from the banks of the little Calumet River. They call it ditch weed. Or- <laughs> Or skunkweed. <laughs> it was free, but it was Along the bad. little Calumet River. Yeah, that sounds... D- that really, I would stay away from that. Really appetizing. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> and uh, 630 area code said, I would pay good money to see you guys share a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Dean and Schwani up in smoke. Oh, man. We can remake the Drinking Cheech and Chong. Yeah, we can be the new Cheech and Chong for the new millennium. Where's Dave? Dave's not here. Dave's not here. Class. Open up. Class. 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 Oh, we know those routines, don't we? Apparently filming has already started. We are in production. Uh Remember that Cheech and Chong album that came with a giant rolling paper? Yes. I didn't have it. I did. I Oh, really? That doesn't surprise me. No, I did. No, I did not have that album. My friend did, but I didn't have it. My brother used the rolling paper, <laughs> as far as you know. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I did not, but I did have that. I was a big, I was a big Cheech and Chong. They were funny. They were fun. The first album the, with the yellow cover was a <laughs> Our text line is super hilarious so far this morning. Wow. Uh, 312 area code. I'm 63. I'm looking forward to spending the day at Lollapalooza. Going to get stoned and hang out with the youngins. The youngins? (laughs) Who knew? I I would have never guessed this of our WGN audience. The weed aroma I recall from the 60s. I always thought it smelled like Christmas trees. No way did it smell like Christmas trees. Oh, no, well, not really. I no. should say, I don't know what kind of Christmas trees you were putting up in your house. But <laughs> uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 630 area code. Dean, 
uh, the two old geezer puppets from the Muppet Show, you and Schwanny, <laughs> <laughs> doing a pot talk segment. It's hilarious. <laughs> Stadler and Waldorf. Hey, look at those kids down there smoking that marijuana over there. What are these dirty kids doing? All right. In my day. <laughs> well, I certainly uh, hope that you've taken the stems and seeds out of <laughs> today's far flung forecast. No stems, no seeds that you don't need. <laughs> Time for the uh, ever-popular far-flung forecast, our uh, weekly compendium of interesting facts and figures. Hey, man, look, it's Dave Schwan, man. Wow. Wow, far out. Far out far-flung forecast. Well, our far-flung forecast is quite far-flung today because Dean, Andy, our friends and the listening audience in Radio Land, have your maps ready because oh, we're yeah. going way right. out west we're today. Google map. We Google map. Bonanza. Our forecast takes us to Shell, Wyoming. Shell, Wyoming has a population of 74. Wow. 74 people. It's a it's a good ride from Devil's, Devil's Tower there, which is about four hours west. It's in the northern part of Wyoming. A population of 74. Uh, very little internet connection there. And the reason we bring up Shell is because my good friend Jim is on a big road trip out that way. He started in Mount Rushmore. He's in Yellowstone National Park, but he sent a post a few days ago on uh, his uh, Facebook page from Shell, Wyoming. Shout out to you, Jim. I told you I would say hi to you on the show today. <laughs> Population 74. And uh, it's, it, it looks like an inter- beautiful country, really. And you must stop at the Old Shell Store, which is a uh, now a restaurant. And uh, he says, unfortunately, Dirty Annie's T-shirt shop is oh, gone. Oh my. But the Shell Store Kitchen serves homemade comfort food and the best hamburger on the west side of the Bighorns. Where am I going to get my uh, my pipes and papers now if Dirty Annie's <laughs> store is <that's> closed? <laughs> sounds like the name of a head shop to me. It also looks like there's a very nice place to stay called the Hideout. Mm-hmm. The Hideout Lodge yep. outside of Shell, Wyoming. But seriously, if you look at pictures on the web from the area there. It's beautiful country, so I know he's having a great time. It's going to be a hot one out there today in Shell, a high of 99, 66 under sunny skies in Shell, Wyoming. 937. Dean Richards back in the old Sunday saddle again. Thank you, Jim Toronto, filling in last week. Appreciate it. We continue with all of our regular features, including our All Things COVID segment this week with Dr. Robert Murphy, Professor of Infectious Diseases, Northwestern uh, University. Dr. Murphy, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Dean. Nice to have you with us here today. I guess the big COVID story this morning is the announcement that President Biden uh, has tested positive for COVID again. He had tested positive like a, maybe a 10 days ago, something like that, mm-hmm. then tested negative and is now testing positive again. Can you explain that whole thing? 
Well, he's he's relapsed is basically what happened. Uh, the same thing happened to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, he reported that about a month ago. 82-year-old Dr. Fauci, 79-year-old uh, President Biden. And the same thing actually happened to me in March. Uh, so what happens, uh, we don't know exactly what percentage. It's somewhere between, it's a low percentage, one to two, maybe maybe 5% at the most. Uh they get better on treatment with this Paxlovid. Uh, they've been vaccinated. You know, they're, everything is going fine. They come off, uh, they get better. They come off the Paxlovid, and it all comes back. And what does that mean? It means they needed a longer time on treatment. That's what it means. So it's a continuation of the original virus that they had, not a not a second infection, uh, you know, th- that they uh, test positive, uh, then test negative and then get reinfected uh, over again. It's a continuation of... It's a continuation because these people are in isolation already or they're wearing their mask like they're supposed to in that 10-day period. So it's most likely a relapse. So uh, it's a small percentage of people uh, that are getting it, but it, Mm -hmm. uh, again, you know, just reinforces that even though you are vaccinated and double boosted, presumably the way the president, Dr. Fauci, and you, uh, among others, all have been, that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, this, uh, all all of that doesn't mean uh, that you're not going to get it in the first place. And in fact, may mean that even though you test negative, that it could come back uh, on you again. It could come back. And the big question is, should you take Paxlovid again? Uh, There have been some studies looking at if you develop resistance to the drug, and that doesn't appear to be the case. Uh, However, the way the government is distributing the drug for free, you know, the government has bought all the the doses. You can just get it with a prescription for no cost. Uh, they're not allowing you to get a second course, which is ridiculous. Uh, they should, the government needs to get out of, uh, you know, man, mandating when and where a person should take this drug. Yeah, that should be left to the to, uh, the doctors, right? The physicians. Right. It should be up to the doctor. Yeah. I mean, we do this all the time. People relapse from all sorts of things. Uh, there should be no big surprise here. And uh, but the surprise to me is that the government is not allowing people to take a second course. Although I took a second course and uh, Dr. Fauci took a second course. And I don't know about Biden yet, but uh, I would imagine that he's being treated for a second course. So maybe this will change the policy. Well, right now, the White House physician, a Dr. Kevin O'Connor, says the president is not experiencing symptoms that he feels well and he doesn't feel there's any reason to uh, reinstate treatment with Paxlovid mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's his personal decision, and that's fine. Yeah, he is uh, back under yeah. strict isolation procedures. Um, yeah. if, uh, I mean, when I, when, I, when I relapsed, my symptoms actually got worse than the first time. And Fauci, too, he said he got, actually got ill again. So, you know, maybe it's just those uh, Biden is... Uh, is uh, asymptomatic, has no symptoms, and so maybe he doesn't need it. But, uh, you know, it's up to the doctor and the patient. Yeah. Uh, if in, in the time that he uh, tested negative, it was several, mm-hmm. several days until he tested positive again. During right. that time when he had now seemingly emerged from uh, COVID and tested negative, he was probably around people. He, pro- you know, he probably yeah. well, was he not was, isolating. He, he I mean, should have been. He was wearing a mask, though. 
Okay. A good, you know, the, that's the recommendation. Wear a good mask during that uh, that period of time. Because if, so if, he probably wasn't really infecting people. Yeah. That, well, that's what I was wondering. That if he, yeah. uh, you know, thought he is now negative, and relaxed his uh, protections, mm-hmm. uh, he he. In, in theory, he was really still quite contagious if he was still if if that virus was still right. living in him before it reemerged. Well, Dean, you're t- you're bringing up another whole issue. So the test that they're doing is the is the antigen test, the at home test, the easy test that people can just go by, not the PCR test. That'll stay positive for many weeks or months. But this antigen test, it, it is correlated with more active infection. So if a person has an act, it has that test being positive. I mean, there's a much higher likelihood that they're contag- still contagious. Uh, hasn't been definitively proven, but I mean, it's not a good sign. Let's put it that way. And uh, really, just you know, kind of emphasizing what we knew in the first place—that we're learning about this day to day, right? We're we're learning right. new things yeah, exactly. every every single day. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, th- th- this is not something that's been around for years or decades. And uh, you know, we know mm-hmm. we're we're learning new things about uh, COVID and how to treat it all of the time. Uh, yep, exactly. I saw, I saw an interesting article though uh, about uh, the way that we handled uh, the COVID vaccinations when those first became mm-hmm. available. We we you know bought them up like crazy here in the U.S. and in the beginning we're not sharing with them. This article that I read said that apparently we're repeating that same thing now with monkeypox vaccines. That mm-hmm. that uh, it, it's the same thing. Was there a problem? I, I remember that you were not completely happy with the distribution of vaccinations and how all of that was handled in the very beginning uh, with COVID. Yeah. Or with, yeah, no, I mean the, the rollout of the vaccines was very bumpy. Um, and remember the United States government actually pre-purchased many of these vaccines, including the Pfizer vaccine before any of them were approved. $1.9 billion just to uh, just to Pfizer. Yeah. So although they didn't invest in the research like they did with Moderna, they pre-bought uh, these uh, these vaccines. And then the rollout was very bumpy. I don't know if you remember, uh, but there were people, you know, there were people in Illinois driving to Quincy, Illinois from Chicago right, right. or Carbondale, where there was fewer people that uh, wanted to take the vaccine just to get the vaccine. The people were hustling all over the place. Uh, and uh, working the system to get the vaccine right. because more people wanted it than was available. This ultimately worked out uh, to the point where we had more vaccine than people that wanted it. That, that, that's actually the place we want to be. Right. Um, and, you know, we still have plenty of vaccine around. Now, move to monkeypox, you know, there was a very small stockpile of the Genios vaccine by Bavaria Nordique. Um, this is a small company in Europe. Uh, but they make the safer version of the vaccine. And the rollout of that has been really very poor. Um, again, just, how, how interesting again. that we didn't learn from our mistakes from COVID. Yeah, we don't, because we we use the same <clears throat> arcane system, systems that we have in place that have gotten us through many other crises, but they don't work in any kind of epidemic or pandemic. You know, look at this. We have the White House making recommendations, all right? We've got the CDC making recommendations. 
we've got the FDA making recommendations and giving final approval. Why can't all these people just be in the same room? Why does this have to go through this this kind of artificial, cumbersome approval process? Right. Why can't there be like a you know a war room where everybody's together uh, and they decide how, what's the best way to do this without bumping into one administrative uh, silo after another? Yeah. Uh, you know, this rollout of the these Genios vaccines has really been uh, really bad. And, you know, these, these, these vaccines are needed now. If we don't get this out there now, this, this thing will become, and I think, which it may already have endemic in certain populations in the United States already. In other words, it may never go away. Again, not learning from our mistakes with COVID where, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we may have been able to uh, control COVID better had we handled it. Uh, Mm -hmm. better in the very beginning your questions for dr robert murphy uh after the break 312-981-7200 to call or text we'll be right back and we are back now at 950 with dr robert murphy Professor of Infectious Diseases, Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. And your questions at 312-981-7200 on uh, text or on the phone line. Tom, thank you for holding on. You're on with Dr. Murphy. Hi. Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, Go right ahead. um, My question is about testing. And say I test positive. I quarantine. And my company wants me to test negative three days straight. I go get tested, and it comes back positive again. Is that considered another COVID case? It depends what your symptoms are. Uh, if you uh, the the typical scenario is you test positive, you test positive, and you feel sick, and then you get better within a few days, and your antigen test should turn positive excuse me, should turn from positive to negative. And then, so for the first five days, you're supposed to be in isolation. And the second five days, you're supposed to be, you can go back to work, no matter what your test result, if you wear a, quote, good-fitting mask. And then at 10 days, if your symptoms are gone, you're, you're free and clear. You're back to normal. There's nothing in any of the guidelines that say you have to be tested three times negative, like what you just told me your company told you. Uh, that's no, not I, mean, I, don't think you I don't think you understand what I said. Oh, okay, go ahead. Please repeat it. Um, the full-blown pandemic, I test positive. Say I test positive. Yeah. I quarantine. Yeah. I'm supposed to go get tested to go back to work. If I not, test positive not again... Mm-hmm. Does that count as another COVID case? No. That's it doesn't? A, it just extends onward? No, it just extends onwards. Not everybody clears their test. But the test is not required according to the CDC guidelines. Tom, thank you but for the you call. Do, appreciate yeah. appreciate your appreciate your call. Uh, I want to get to as many calls as possible, and it just seems like we're going around and around with that one. Here's Rose. Yeah. You're next with Dr. Murphy on WGN. Yes. Hello. I'm um, hello. going on. Yes. Hello. 
Yes, go Hello. ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yes, okay. I'm I'm here. Um, I'm going on my sixth for the set. I've had uh, two cold, three. Wait, my dog is barking. I'm sorry. Um, I've had only one uh, shot. Okay, and um, I'm going on five months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I do I wait for the other? Do I go for my second shot? Okay. Um, or do I wait for that other other sh- sh- uh, medicine to come through in five months? Yeah, the new. Or, I mean, the new. in I September. I understand. Okay, yeah, this thank is you. the most common. Qu- thank you very much for your question. And is your question is the most common question we get today? Okay. I'm due for this shot now. Should I take the vaccine now, or should I wait till mid or, or late September and get the new version? Um, right. I think because COVID is so transmissible now take your shot uh-huh. today all right okay and then okay in five months you take the new one that new one is uh, it's going to be around for everybody so but uh, i would be up to date on your vaccines as soon as possible because there's so much transmission and the vaccines really will even the current oh. ones will help yeah, you. Pe- okay I mean, people's con- oh. people's oh concerns God. people's concerns right. doctor are that you know, they get the vaccination now, you know, maybe or maybe not. They may, they may have some side effects as a result of it. Sometimes there's right. costs. Sometimes there's not. Uh, is, is it just uh, is, is it worth the risk, I guess, of you know taking a chance? Yeah. If Rose, if you get something between now and, you know, whatever right. in September, this new thing, you're going to say, boy, I should have gotten the booster. I shouldn't have waited. Go ahead. Should I get uh, a test to see if I have COVID, even, even though I don't have any symptoms, before no. I get the shot? No. No, just get okay. the shot. Yeah, just get okay. the shot. Okay, I will do that. Okay. I will do All that. Right. Thank you very much. No, Bye. I, I'm not a doctor, Rose, <laughs> okay. but my prescription is you take care of that barking dog because that seems like a a much greater <laughs> problem in your house right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Another question on our text line for Dr. Murphy. I had COVID in January of this year. I was okay. I was fine, but a month ago, I developed a bad taste in my mouth. Could that be an after effect of COVID? I've never heard of that. I have never heard of that either. Um, usually that taste problem, uh, the lack of uh, taste and smell, occurs early with the, with the COVID itself. Uh, to have it appear later would be very unusual, but, you know, it's a crazy disease, so it's possible goes back to we're, we're learning new things all the time i i know people who lost their taste and smell during uh covid mm-hmm. and, and it's almost a year later for some of these people and they're still oh, yeah. experiencing the same thing i know it's it's really terrible it's very difficult these people have a hard time yeah um another question on the um uh text line from the 269 area code if uh, Paxlovid only uh, treats COVID, only pauses COVID, if it only pauses COVID, why bother taking it? Uh, no, it doesn't only pause COVID. It kills COVID. It's an antiviral that's quite potent uh, and has been shown to uh, really decrease the symptoms faster, decrease the test positivity, decrease the hospitalization rate, and improve survival. It's a very potent drug. 219 area code asks, do you have information on that new vaccine patch? Well, yeah, what happened to that? Well, there's uh, there's almost 100 vaccines 
in development, uh, including patches, nasal sprays, throat sprays, uh, you name it. Uh, so, you know, they just haven't gotten far enough down the uh, development pipeline uh, to be out there just yet. Okay. And uh, someone is asking on our text line, is there any more talk about free COVID uh, tests at home? $44 is pretty uh, steep. Yeah, see, this is what I was talking about, where people are concerned mm-hmm. about getting a, a booster shot now and maybe, you know, having to pay for it. And then getting, you know, wanting something new and improved when it comes out in a month. Well, I understand. Well, the the vaccines are free. The U.S. government has purchased all the vaccines. So there's no charge for the vaccine. And you don't need a test unless you have symptoms. All right. So and the government is still giving out these uh, um, test kits. You have to uh, go online to find them. And the companies now have to... uh, give you, I forgot the number, but they have to give you so many uh, test kits on your insurance policy per year. That's a federal law. Okay, so the the, the cost uh, really is not an issue then, if you, if you, right. if it, you know where to look. Yeah. It shouldn't be if you know where to look, and there's plenty of places that can do it for free, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, uh, great information as always. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, Dr. Robert Murphy, Professor of uh, Infectious Diseases, Northwestern's uh, Feinberg School of Medicine. Hope you have a great Sunday today, my friend. Thank yeah, you, you so too. much. All right. There is uh, Dr. Robert Murphy. Some really good questions today. Interesting questions. There is your Green Day. We'll be wrapping up Lollapalooza tonight. One of the one of the big headliners uh, for tonight. The other big headliner for tonight is a performer named. Let me get this here because I don't want to make sure I get his name uh, correct. He's one of the members of the Korean boy band BTS, and he is uh, called J Hope, doing a, one of his first solo performances outside of the band uh, BTS. Shwani, I know that you are part of the BTS army. So you'll probably be uh, in front of that crowd screaming with all the little teenage girls out there. <laughs> I know. Well, well, you remember BTO, don't you? That's not Bach- the same. Turner Overdrive. Overdrive. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not it's completely different BT. Okay. Uh, green tea. Uh, green tea. Green day. Oh, I know that song. Green Tambourine by the Lemon Pipers. I play, yeah, 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 yeah. My green tambourine. Green day at 8.15 tonight. Uh, J-Hope, 9 o'clock tonight, and then they shut the whole thing down at uh, 10 o'clock today. But they've got a big day. You know, i got to say, for all these crazy kids out there and their marijuana smoking, (laughs) 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 their devil's weed burning crowd out there, (laughs) Um, it's been fairly fairly peaceful for the whole thing not any real big problems no. thus far no. yeah no there have been some medical problems uh you know not everybody's perfect out there but there have been some you know uh, i don't want to say minor issues because if you have to be rushed to the hospital that's not minor but um you know nothing that they thought might be happening and i gotta say that uh, Lollapalooza and the city of chicago have uh really 
you know, put the precautions down. I saw police everywhere. Yeah, they really are. All along Michigan Avenue, I've seen them everywhere, have too. Have you noticed, too, that the coppers have uh, assault weapons? They have assault rifles. I have seen that. I, I have seen that. I walked up to uh, one of them. I said, you know, sorry, I don't know anything about uh, guns, <laughs> but uh, what kind of... Uh... <laughs> That's how I felt talking to this guy who was loaded with guns and body shields and this assault weapon. And he told me that it's uh, it's an he had an AK. And uh, I noticed a lot of the policemen were carrying those uh, all over the place uh, because they are not taking any chances that anything bad's going to happen. And knock wood, so far, you know, nothing has. We have seen much worse, and and remember several years ago, it was something beyond everyone's control, the weather. They had that fierce thunderstorm that moved through, yeah, where they had to shut and everything down. had to be shut down suddenly, and there was a mad scramble to uh, take shelter out of the park. Michigan Avenue, all those businesses got crowded very quickly yeah. over there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. We'll see what's going to happen with the future of Lollapalooza. I mean, a lot of p- people would be perfectly happy if we never had it again uh you know if they, it, you know it it does <laughs> sort of shut down downtown for four straight days uh, well longer than that when you think about the, well, setup, the setup and takedown setup and takedown that's very yeah true. yeah that's very true but the amount i mean i guess they take in a one incredible amount of money for the city Lollapalooza, you know for whatever damage is done in grant park Lollapalooza fixes everything. I heard between twelve to thirteen million dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, did you hear? Did you hear what happened this week with the? I, I interviewed Perry Farrell, the founder of Lollapalooza. I do every year. And uh, uh, Jack, do we have that that cut where he's talking about the renewal? I want to play that in a second. The uh, I interviewed Perry Farrell. And, you know, we talked about a lot of things, but I asked him about the future of Lollapalooza in the city of Chicago, and he could not have been more clear in what he told me. Listen to this. When we come into town, by the time we leave there, almost a half a billion dollars of uh, currency trades hands, whether it be a taxi cab guy to a club owner to a hotel owner. Everybody's wondering, you know, will this partnership continue? I know you're in talks with uh, the city of the Park District. Yes. I can announce to you now now that, yes, uh, the mayor has given us a 10-year extension in the park. So we'll be around here for another decade. Okay, so there you go. I mean, that's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. I can announce to you now the mayor has given us a 10-year extension. We'll be around for another decade. That's what Perry uh, told us. uh, When we were wrapping things up, he told me that an official announcement was going to be made today, Sunday, uh, with he and the mayor. Uh, So we'll see if that's going to happen. But in the meantime, a published report came out saying that a snag had been hit in the negotiations and it was all being, you know, that everything was, uh, you know, now on hold. So I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm going by what the man said, you know, straight from the horse's mouth that the 10 year, if, if there was a snag or if it was tentative, I have to think that he wouldn't have told me that it was. So, you know, we'll see, I guess we'll, we'll just see what happens today. 
Schwanny doesn't want mm. it to happen because it's near his house. <laughs> he doesn't have a lawn, but he wants everybody to get off it anyway. Schwanny doesn't care about the I fi- do have financial. A lawn, and I still want people to get off. Okay. He doesn't <laughs> care about all the money and that comes into Stop Chicago. lighting up all that weird smelling stuff then. <laughs> Walking by, you know what? That's been what, permeating the, the, the neighborhood. This morning has been one of the most interesting mornings <laughs> in my history of WGN. <laughs> I did not think that we had a big stoner audience, <laughs> and we were joking about smelling marijuana on the streets, and the the phones went crazy with all of you pot smoking communists out there. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Do that voice again. Um, <laughs> excuse me, sir. Do you know where I could buy some rolling papers? <laughs> uh, our phone lines went crazy with people people who are uh, enjoyers of the marijuana, of the cannabis. Uh, maybe that's why they enjoy the show so much. <laughs> Never thought of that before. Uh, that you have to be high in order to enjoy, enjoy the show. <laughs> Here's a text. 815 area code. Dear Dean, I listen every morning and every Sunday morning here in North Georgia. How about that? Hey. Shout out North welcome. Georgia. He says, I don't usually get high in the morning, but I'm going to burn one for you and Swanee. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I see clearly we're going to have to see if we can get Fritos as a sponsor on our show. Uh, other, what's the other good munchy food? Uh, bugles. Bugle. Oh, Bugles. Uh, your, your favorite, Bugles. Oh, I love the Bugles. Uh, little Ruffles. Yeah, Ruffles. Kind of, we need, clearly, we need more snack, snack food sponsors on our show now. <laughs> Given that we know this new demographic listening to the show. I want you to continue doing that voice. And I want you to hear it. I want to hear you say, that old car is worth money. You want me to do the Victory Auto Records commercial? (laughs) And my nerd voice? Your nerd voice. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Well, um, we're going to get to some more of the show. Uh, (laughs) Coming up in just a minute after after Shawnee gives me a swirly. Ten twenty-three. Happy Sunday morning. Oh man, is it gorgeous outside. I hope you get to enjoy the day today somehow. So Andy, I was uh, driving into the WGN this morning. Yes. And uh, I took an alternate route uh, down Addison past Wrigley Field. What okay. is that monstrosity that they're building? Oh, that's a sports book. At the corner, it's the, like the corner of what, Sheffield, Sheffield and Addison. Yeah, that's the big sports book that they're uh, going to open up next year. It's gigantic. It's like another building that they're yeah. putting up right next to it. I mean, they used to have some temporary things over there, uh, some clubs and that kind of nature, because they couldn't fit them inside the ballpark, and now they've uh, reconfigured things and made made room for it. But now, with gambling being legal in Illinois, in Illinois uh, and uh, there's an official gambling partner of Major League Baseball. The Cubs are trying to take advantage of that, a little, uh, little different revenue stream. Yeah. And they'll have a sports book right there on the uh, on the property. So what does that mean? I'll be able to, be bet, able to bet. bet on the ponies? Yeah, and bet, be able to get games. Any, anything I want. Yeah, pretty right. much. 
Wow, look how things have changed, right? Yeah, it's crazy. That whole neighborhood has, has changed dramatically since, uh, you know, over the last decade. I mean, ever since they started the project to revamp Wrigley Field and put the video boards in and, and uh, re- reconfigure the seating a little bit. So it's uh, it's interesting. It's like Disney. I, I I always said, I mean, since they've done all the construction there, it's like like Disneyland. It's like walking down Main Street USA in Disneyland there now. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, you know, the fifth season. It's always construction season around there. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Talking about things uh, changing, though, as we've been talking about... Marijuana seems to be burning everywhere. Uh, down on the streets of Lollapalooza, and as I had mentioned, uh, in New York City, I couldn't believe pe- like people openly smoking pot uh, out in the streets everywhere. It was everywhere. And then somebody texts me um, uh, and says that our own Don Kleppen from WGN News runs a cannabis podcast uh don are you are you with us there on the phone yes sir hi dean hey good morning nice to have you back here on the show with us uh, uh good, good morning uh, thank how, you how long have you been running this podcast well i actually i had the idea originally back in like 2019 and then um kind of started getting it going talking to um some different people about it and then um, when when COVID ended up happening, it really just put me off of the whole thing. And then I just this past holiday season, I couldn't shake the idea. I kept seeing more and more people getting excited about it, businesses wow. popping up and and Illinois uh, and all that. And so I launched it in April uh, on 420 of this year. Wow, and, oh, um, on 420, on 420. Yes, look, sir. At, look at you with the connection there. Uh, <laughs> you got it. You I, got it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to listen to your newscast the same way now. <laughs> or, I, I don't blame you. You know, it's, or at it's least funny. I, I've I, heard I, that. I won't be able to listen and wonder why am I getting the munchies listening to the, the Don doing a newscast. <laughs> yeah, I can't help but, uh, you know, uh, talk about interesting food combinations either. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a hazard of the job. So I'm on I'm on the, your, the page right now, uh, CannabisManPodcast.com. And it's yes, it's a serious look at uh, all of these things. And as you know, we were joking about uh, you know never smelling weed uh, on the streets of Chicago like we have this weekend with Lollapalooza down there. And I was in New York last week. Same thing. Uh, like the yeah. the smell of uh, you know people smoking weed is rampant in New York. And you know we were kind of joking about it. Uh, And then somebody told me about the podcast, which uh, says this, a thorough look at all things cannabis from America's complicated past to the present efforts to federally decriminalize it, plus new industries, companies and products exploding in states that have legalized weed. So, I mean, this is, you know, not just a a goofy look at this the way that we're doing here this morning, but I mean, yours yours is like a a serious examination of where we are with all of this. Yeah, yeah, and and thank you for for looking at the site. Thanks for you know just reading the description and such. I kind of one of the reasons I really wanted to do it was because um, I just felt that as as the excitement grew and as different states legalized it recreationally, medicinally, there was this brewing excitement about it, but there was something missing from the conversation, and it felt to me like much of the coverage 
of this was from people who who enjoy it, obviously, who enjoy cannabis. But it's sort of like there was a low ceiling on the topics or as if like it never really got away from the um, sort of like stoner stereotypes right. or kind of the, yeah. the typical like, low-hanging like, fruit yeah. of weed yeah, jokes. like what I'm doing, low-hanging fruit, like what, <laughs> exactly like what I'm doing. So, so here's, sort of, the, here's the question that we yeah. were, were asking. Maybe you can answer this. Is it legal sure. for people to smoke weed on the streets? Well, that is definitely a, a contentious issue. Right now, technically, it is not legal uh, for people to, to just smoke on the streets. Um, that's not stopping people from doing it, obviously, Shwani. as you guys have known. Shwani, did you hear that, Shwani? <laughs> it's not yeah, legal. There, there's, I didn't yeah, say it was. <laughs> it's, uh, there are zones, basically. They ha- they're having some, um, like, there are some cannabis consumption events that happen around states that have legalized, like Illinois, and they get permits to allow people to smoke outside or hmm. near the event. I don't know that Lollapalooza has done that. I haven't looked into it um, thoroughly, yeah. but I know that that has been something that they're sort of limiting. They want to, you know, in the loop in areas where there are businesses and residences, people are worried about, you right. know, just kind of do you think, those Do you think the same lingering. thing, similar kind of thing applies in New York? Where, I mean, it was incredibly rampant there as well. The same kind of thing yeah, there probably. I, I would think so. Um, and, and these things are changing. Like people are, there are businesses, there's a, there's the rise in Mundelein, Illinois, which is a cannabis lounge. It's a cafe that actually allows people to linger and smoke, not just buy and leave like a dispensary kind of forces. They, they do allow people to, to smoke on site, but that, that is a different permit and it's a different licensing that a business has to go through, kind of like getting a liquor license. Hmm. And there are very few that actually have those permits right now. I received several press releases from cannabis dispensaries this week, press releases, uh, saying that they are offering free shuttle service from Lollapalooza to their dispensary so people can make whatever purchases they'd like and then free shuttles back to Lollapalooza again. Yeah, and that that right there, I, I saw, I know what you mean, I did see some articles about that as well, and it kind of, it makes me think, like you would think then, because of these operational shuttles, that there would be some kind of green light for the public consumption. I know that last year, um, then, that, that Lollapalooza was a big, that they noticed a lot of people coming into town and, and buying cannabis from the dispensaries that were around it was a a major selling weekend and and, you know other festivals are drawing that element as well you know illinois is leaning into the to the cannabis market um it's it is a huge new revenue stream Uh, other states are are jumping on it for that reason as well and it, it seems like there's actually an appetite maybe to remove it from the schedule one substance federally and then that kind that move would make more research happen. Right. That would green light a lot more spaces for consumption. Um, that's the next big step. Well, very, very, very interesting. Well, I sure did learn something new about our WGN audience this week. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start calling this like far out Sunday morning show from now on. Uh, you can check out Don's uh, Cannabis Man podcast, CannabisManPodcast.com. Don Kleppen, WGN News. Thanks for jumping on the phone with us here, Don. Good to talk to you, pal. 
Thank you, Dean. Really appreciate you uh, taking some time and, and talking about it this morning and having me on. Happy to do it anytime. We have another show. 10.38 is the time. Dean Richards, Sunday morning, and time for the week in theater. In a couple of minutes, we'll meet a couple of the cast members from the new production of Priscilla, Queen of the... Uh, coming up in uh, a couple of minutes. But first, I wanted to spend a little bit of time uh, telling you why I was off last week and some of the things that I did. musicals of all times The Music Man that is currently on Broadway starring the great Hugh Jackman and the great Sutton Foster and uh, I was just so delighted to see this uh, good old fashioned American musical done in the biggest, boldest uh, most entertaining way I could possibly enjoy uh, it's at the Winter Garden Theater uh, in New York on Broadway right now. And this just has everything. I mean, if you love uh, traditional theater, this has it times 10. Uh, the performances are amazing. I mean, Hugh Jackman, as you know, is one of the most multi-talented people there could possibly be. And Sutton Foster, I think, is a two- or three-time Tony winner. I think it might be two-time Tony winner. Uh, as is uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, by the way, and they are just spectacular in the the lead roles. But the the sets in this production, uh, the ensemble uh, is amazing. Uh, it's this classic story uh, that uh, is coming to life every single night. And if you're going to be in New York, uh, the you know the ticket prices are a little steep in New York. You know, there's no question about that. But it's a it's a performance uh, unlike anything that you've seen before. Uh, the, it, it's uh, you know just amazing. So can I, I can't recommend enough uh, seeing the Music Man uh, that's currently uh, on Broadway in New York. Uh, I was I was in New York just for fun, not uh, doing interviews, not doing any work, uh, except through walking through clouds of marijuana smoke, as I've pointed out many times on the show here. <laughs> morning already whoo Times square is, is weed filled uh, but i saw a couple of other shows as well uh and the, the other one of the others that i loved was billy crystal in mr saturday night it's a musical adaptation of the film that billy crystal put out a dozen years or so ago something like that uh, in which he plays uh, an uh, aging former television star uh you know the the big deal of the day back in the day sort of like a milton burl character where his variety show was you know the show that everybody watched on saturday night now he's having trouble uh adjusting to a different world uh and uh you know people not so interested in uh, mr saturday night but along the way the songs are fantastic billy crystal you just you you are reminded of why he was the greatest 
Academy Awards host of all time. Uh, he is such a talented comedian, singer, dancer, uh, you name it. He's the, the, the material which he co-wrote uh, for this show is also spectacular. Uh, the show is going to be closing. Uh, I, it, it might be any day now. I don't remember. I want to say that it was going to, they, they announced that the show would be closing. I, th- I think it's the end of July or early August. But anyway, if you happen to be in New York and you get a chance to see the show, if Billy ever decides to tour the show, take it around the country, uh, it w- is most definitely worth seeing. It's called Mr. Saturday Night. Can't recommend it enough. Another that I saw uh, was a, a comedy farce uh, called POTUS, P-O-T-U-S, POTUS. And it's uh, the story of seven women who are the, uh, the, 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 the wind, I guess you might say, beneath the wings of the president of the United States, POTUS. Uh, the women who kind of control things and make things happen. And this is as classic a comedic farce as there can be. Uh, Vanessa Williams, a singer, actress, former Miss America, uh, stars in the show. She's fantastic. Rachel Dratch, from, uh, formerly of Saturday Night Live. Debbie Downer, wah, wah. Uh, she stars in it, along with a number of other extremely, extremely talented uh, actresses. And it's just nonstop laughs. Uh, it, it's not overly political. It's uh, really, it's really, really more the story of the, you know the women that make things happen surrounding the the presidency more than a, a particular party or person. Uh, I highly recommend that one as well. Really, really funny. So I saw a few really fantastic shows while I was there. Had some amazing meals. Uh, you know, uh, one-time Chicago uh, uh, actor Chaz Palmentari, uh has a restaurant in New York just off of uh, Times Square, uh, a phenomenal Italian restaurant. If you're in New York sometime, I cannot recommend Chaz Palmentari's, uh Italian restaurant to you uh, even more. One of many, many uh, great meals that I had there. Seeing these three shows, you know, back to back to back to back, kind of reminded me of the old days. Some of you will remember Roy Leonard's old uh, theater tours where he would take groups of Chicago listeners, go to New York, see some shows, have some fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, it made me think, I wonder if we should start something like that again now that, you know, things are open in New York again. If, so, you know, if some of you are interested in something like that i'll get a little feasibility study here uh shoot me an email uh or you know drop me a note on facebook or someplace uh and and let me know if enough of you are interested maybe we'll start something like that back up again go enjoy uh, some of the shows on the great white way uh like roy used to do back in the day it's ten forty-five. our weekend theater segment sponsored by chicagoshakes.com Become a subscriber, chicagoshakes.com. And in a minute, a couple of the stars of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, next. WGN. Ah, 10.48, Dean Richards' dance floor is open. A clip from the 1994 movie. Wow, I can't believe it's that long ago. For Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, uh, really fun, colorful uh, movie 
that now is uh, being adapted and uh, on stage over at the Mercury Theater in Chicago and uh, starring, among others, Josh Houghton and our old pal, Honey West. Welcome to both of you. Nice to have you with us today. Good morning. You just made me think I was late for my entrance. I almost ran out the door. (laughs) That is your song in the show, isn't it? That's right. It's it's not, but every time I hear music, I run because I always think it's me. Yeah, I've I've got to get on stage. There must be something that I should be doing, exactly. (laughs) Something, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. It must be so fun uh, to to bring this production on stage and uh, to do it live. Josh, t- talk to me a little bit ab- about what that's like, because like the movie, this is big and bold and colorful, uh, you know, and costume filled. T- talk to me about the experience. You're totally right. It is all of those things, and it has so much heart in it. At the end of the day, it's just a party. People are on on their feet. During that final song, that song you just played, and people are crying and uh, crying tears of joy and clapping, and it's just been a ball. And um, we are so lucky to be doing it all summer. Yeah, it's, it's a, been it's been a hoot. It's yeah, a, at the Mercury Theater on <sighs> North Southport until September 11th. Honey, uh, uh, talk to me about being back on stage in Chicago for you. Uh, I, I mean, it's it, it's got to be a, a blast for you to to be part of a production like this, especially, right? Yeah, especially now, you know, <clears throat> a lot of the same issues of homophobia and, and violence towards our collective communities uh, used to be considered a little bit outdated, but actually it couldn't be more prevalent now, and it's just as poignant as it was decades ago, so... It's uh, it's a it's a pleasure to bring this to the stage at this time, and you know, being an older trans woman playing an older trans role is kind of unique because many times trans roles, when they are written, if they're written, are written by people less informed um, of our community. So I get to maybe give a little bit of a different insight into the character. Yeah. Did, did the movie pretty much get it right? I mean, as, as somebody who is living this story in, in real life, did the movie pretty much get it right in the first place? You know, from that time period, I guess that was, you know, I mean, Terrence Stamp played Bernadette and a straight man who was... Uh, had the sensibilities of a straight man playing a woman. I think... It was. Um, it. I think he did a, a great job, but it wasn't the same as as seeing the experiences through someone who's lived it. You know, someone who hasn't experienced homophobia or transphobia um, or violence just for walking down the street, whether you're in a flip flop dress or not. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, they can fully embrace that. And I don't know if it translates that well. Um, yeah, I guess that's everybody's uh, perception yeah. of, of how, it, how it moved them or it didn't. Yeah, you know, that, that's a really good point because, I mean, at, at the heart of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, I mean, it's fun, it's music-filled, there are really interesting, quirky characters along the way. But there are a few moments in Priscilla that are really that really tug on your heart. 
of yeah. uh, the difficulty and pain that these three are going through on their journey. And I, I, I think that's what you're talking about here, honey, right? Uh, the, 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 re- the real life pain of, uh, you know, uh, living your own truth. Yeah. You know, for me, I know that um, Bernadette typically in the past has been played somewhat lightly. Uh, in the fact that, you know, for an older trans woman or even a younger trans woman, finding love from someone who will openly embrace them means that that person has to come out as well, you know, publicly to embrace someone that's different. Uh, as something as simple as holding hands in public. So for me, finding Bob in the desert is is a rare thing. And it's very precious, and, and it's a little scary. Yeah. You know, the other point, I hadn't even really thought about this, of how many of the issues that are addressed in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and again, it's a fun show. I don't want to make this sound too serious. Yeah. But, but um, you know, the issues that we would have thought would have been long gone since this movie first came out in 1994 are being played out at this. You heard the story of this bakery in Lake in the Hills? Uh. Where, yeah. where, where there, uh, you know, there, there was vandalism against this bakery because they were going to put on a, a drag show. There are other things that are now going on for this poor bakery in Lake of the Hills because of, you know, the kind of entertainment that they're providing there. That's exactly Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Absolutely. And, and the ironic thing is we've been entertained by drag performers for decades, all the way back from Milton Berle to, you know, well, if you want to really, I'm not going to say something, but, you know, uh, there, it, it, we've been entertained by drag. Even if you look at Bugs Bunny, yeah. Milton Berle, yeah. mm-hmm. it's the three, not three new. Stooges did it. I mean, I, I, three Stooges. Yeah. So it's not anything that's going to change the world in a negative way. No one's going to get caught in this rabbit hole of turning, you know, gay or wanting to put on a dress it's entertainment yeah and if you don't you don't you know a drag show is not your cup of tea don't go to it absolutely it's it's very simple uh it's very simple so uh josh for you uh how difficult is this you know more than a a typical role that you might play uh you got a lot of makeup a lot of hair and makeup going on in this show (laughs) (laughs) yes it has been a uh deep and exciting learning curve for me over the past few months of, um, you know, I've always appreciated the artistry that goes into makeup and the time, but um, it's not something that I've really explored until now. And thank you, honey. And thank you to uh, our other fearless queen, Sean White, who plays Felicia and Adam every day. It is like a masterclass and tutorial in our dressing room for the makeup. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm learning a lot, and it's just been it's been thrilling, you know, to be um, to be a gay person and get to explore this part of myself that I didn't even really know I didn't really know that I had inside me. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's long, amazing. How long does it take for you to get like you know in full costume? Oh gosh, I uh, I start about an hour before to do the makeup. Um, and then I'm in and out of uh, drag into, you know, quote unquote boy. Um, so I'm my lashes are on and off. I think like six times over the course of the show, and <laughs> lips on and off, and 
eyeshadow and um yeah thank thank goodness for our fearless dressers <laughs> that are yeah, helping us i, I think i changed costumes 17 times over the course of wow. two hours wow um that must be yeah. quite a quite well, a show backstage just watching that oh, must be amazing my back- gosh i know i want them to film some of these quick changes yeah. i go from being in jeans and a t-shirt to full-on heel you know i'm eight feet i'm six and a half feet tall so with wig and heels i'm pushing eight feet um <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of fun <laughs> yeah honey what are what are the the most fun songs to perform in the show i mean you know this is this is right in my wheelhouse of <laughs> you know dancing and you know back in the day going to the clubs and all that sort of thing well, you know, there's there's a variety. Like people get on their feet and dance. You know, we I love the nightlife. I've got that. That one is always popular. All of the divas. We have three incredible, truly diva singers, um, and they bring this music just like you're listening to the radio. And so it is like a rock concert. It's like one long music video. For me, I have a wonderful little piece of MacArthur's Park, which kind of explores Bernadette's and Bob's budding love. And um, that's one of my favorite moments in this show, personally. Uh, Josh, how about you? I will also say MacArthur Park. Honey starts us off with finding the heart and the beauty in MacArthur's Park. And then... um, I camp it up for the final couple yeah. minutes of that cuckoo bananas song that someone gave it a standing ovation last night, and oh, I had nice. nothing to do with that. It is just a song that is unlike any other. Yeah, it's very, so that's my favorite. Very infectious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I will survive. Girls just want to have fun, hot stuff. I mean, they're they're all there. It's Priscilla, Queen of the Desert at the Mercury Theater in Chicago at 3745 North Southport Avenue. This is a really great venue for a show like this because it's a, you know you're right in the show with them. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if you've seen Priscilla and you love Priscilla, you're going to see a different Priscilla because Christopher Chase Carter really dug into a script that's kind of meager and pulled out a lot more heart and meaning, which is what Chicago does. We pull the heart out of a musical. Yep. It's, uh, again, Mercury Theater through September 11th. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert at the Mercury Theater. And uh, Josh, it's a pleasure to meet you today. Uh, thank you for joining us. And Honey West, it's always a pleasure, my longtime friend. Nice to have you on the show today, too. Always. If you've interviewed Bosa, we're a piece of cake. <laughs> I never thought of that as my reference point, but I will from now on. Thanks, you guys. Okay, things I've learned on today's uh, broadcast. Number one. Schwanny's got a nice set of gams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing paper rustling in the uh, yeah, background I'm there. What, paper. what kind of paper Not might ro- that be? I know you th- want to say it's rolling paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a piece of paper. Okay. My prize list. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give away some prizes soon. But here's what I learned on uh, some- <laughs> In today's uh, fact-filled educational broadcast. Peabody award-winning show. Yep. Uh, Chwani's got nice gams. Thank you. Because for the first time in 40 years, he's wearing short shorts. <laughs> no, not... The, the first time in 40 years, I've seen him not wearing now, you've, jeans. You've, okay, that's better now. You've qualified. That. He, has, he does shorts. have a jacket on still. 
Yeah, it, yeah. Ironically, he's got shorts on and two shirts. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a shirt and uh, like a pashmina or something. I don't, I don't know what. It's a fleece jacket. It's a light shawl. It's a fleece. So jacket. if you're wearing the fleece jacket because you're chilly, then why are you wearing shorts? I don't know. <laughs> it's one thing that I learned on the show today. It will be warm when we get outside. Uh, second thing that I learned on the show today is our listeners are mostly stoners. <laughs> now you have just... Oh, boy. Okay. We've tapped a nerve today. We were joking about smelling people smoking weed uh, on the street in Mar- uh, Lollapalooza. I'm glad you clarified that, too, when you were talking about smelling people. <laughs> You, you took a pause there, and I didn't know where you were going. I, I barely could tell how stinky the people were <laughs> through the marijuana clouds that I've had to walk through down at Lollapalooza and on the streets of New York, and I was there last week. Uh, so You said Times Square. You're talking Midtown Manhattan? Yeah. Talking mid, about... Midtown Manhattan, but wow. not exclusively Midtown Manhattan and not exclusively Lollapalooza. I got news for you. Often I'm on the expressway. And somebody's <laughs> car windows are rolled down, and I get a big waft of stinky stink in my car uh, from that. It's not an air freshener either, it's is not, it? No, it's not any of those Christmas trees that you buy at the car wash. <laughs> uh, I'd like the marijuana-scented air freshener, please. But uh, based on the reaction on our phone lines, uh, we got nothing but potheads listening to the show. <laughs> We've worked so hard. You're you're just going to... um, 219 area code. You guys are absolutely cracking me up this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, 219. Uh, Good to hear from home. 574 area code. What is 574 area code? I don't know. Anybody know? I'll find out. Uh, Hey, Dean, you should get Bugles to be a sponsor of your Sunday stoner hour. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the new... Sunday stoner hour. It's going to be the new name of our show. (laughs) Uh, 630 area code, always wake and bake with you on Sunday mornings. <laughs> wake and bake. <laughs> By the way, 574, Northern Central Indiana. Northern Central South Indiana. Okay. Yeah. 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 South Bend area, right, right. Up until around the Fort Wayne area. Right. Yes. Shout out to you, Stoner, and, uh, Stoner that Hoosiers should be, out there. That should be uh, part of the Plymouth, Indiana area code, too. Yeah, naturally. Uh, 815 area code. That's uh, why they called. Honestly, Uncle Dean, who needs the wacky weed when we have you guys? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, some truth to that, I guess. Very true. And uh, somebody, we we talked to Don Kleppen from WGN News, who has a cannabis podcast, CannabisMan.com. And he says, Dean, are you sure it's not a podcast? Ooh. Oh. Clever. Nicely well, well done. This is an educational show. Really, the school should require that the students listen to this show every Sunday morning. (laughs) You would learn so much about what not to do in life. (laughs) It's 1130. 720 WGN rocking. WGN rocking you on a Sunday morning, man. I love this song. This is the quintessential driving song. On Sunday morning, especially this morning, because it's not too crazy humid. It's really nice. You roll all the windows down. And you crank the WGN, man, playing the Bachman Turner Overdrive. Ain't seen nothing yet. Go ahead. 
maybe you just ain't seen nothing yet. Money <laughs> into the edibles this morning. <laughs> That's something I'll never forget. You're right, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the uh, Museum of Broadcast Communications has this uh, special night coming up called Rock Radio Revisited, uh, in which uh, our, uh, Wendy Snyder, who's been doing a fantastic job filling in for Bob Surratt, by the way, the last couple of days, will be hosting uh, people like John Records Landecker of WGN Radio fame, uh, the great Lil Tommy Edwards. Uh, Bob Stroud is going to be there, uh, in addition to uh, a number of other, you know, rock radio DJs through the years, including uh, our own Steve King, Chris Eric Stevens. Remember that name, Schwani? I sure do. Chris Eric Stevens? Yes, sir. Uh, Connie Searson? I remember. Oh, really? Girly Jock. I Boy, think. I haven't heard that name in years. Yeah, I had to stop using that as my nickname, the Girly <laughs> Jock, when she did. <laughs> uh, cousin Brucey Morrow. said, like he, he was like the biggest 60s rock and roll DJ in New York, right? Wasn't that where Cousin Brucey Cousin was? Brucey, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Gary Burbank, I believe he was like a big L.A. Uh, kind of DJ, but they're going to be doing a special night of uh, legendary DJs of the 60s and 70s, Sunday, August 14th at the Displains Theater. And uh, we've got some tickets to give away. But what of that era? What do you, what do you remember, Schwani? Because this is, r- talk about, this This evening should be called Inside the Mind of Dave Schwan. <laughs> no, this no. is right in your wheelhouse. Well, you named some names there that... Uh Boy, Chris Eric Stevens yeah, was man, on. Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris Eric, Eric Stevens, Stevens there, on the man. Big A in the hey, Rock of Chicago. First of all, everybody had to talk like this back then. They did, and then they had to do this with their S's sometimes, too. <laughs> Chris Eric Stevens. Chris Stevens. He was on from, I think, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. He followed Chuck Buell. And uh, I remember listening to him. Uh, they did a big article on his uh, debut on WLS. Uh, 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 Which know, is no longer years. in existence, by the way. <laughs> People don't... <laughs> When all these guys left when the rock radio, they just shut it down over there. I never heard of such a thing before. <laughs> what, what do I remember about that era? I mean, is there something about that era? Oh, I, it, absolutely. It was magical for guys like you and me. It really was. Because, because this is what we wanted to do. Right. This and was our, you know, we dreamed that we would someday, you know, be guys. And like we were listening day and night to what they were doing, how they were doing it. Yeah. You know what 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 it took to uh, to be able to put such a great product on the air, um, and you know it's a generational thing. The bands you grow up with are the ones that you stay most attached to for the rest of your life. Really, you know that's so, why I'm still talking about the raspberries, the, the raspberries, and even the Archies, the, Art the Archies, and yeah. uh, the Lemon Pipers, and all of our great yeah. Chicago bands from the '60s. Now, Andy, this is a little before your time, just a little, yeah. But uh, I mean, you. I think you have a deep appreciation for the, you know, like good, good old-fashioned, uh, you know, rock radio, top 40-style radio, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I remember uh, Connie Sturzen from uh, WIND all yep. the way down the dial there and yep. uh, back in the day. And, yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, of course, it was, uh, and I tell them this every day that I see them, Surratt and uh, Landecker, yep. uh, Tommy Edwards, of course, Larry Lujak. 
uh, legends, legends, and you know that that was a great time for uh, for radio here in Chicago. Uh, years ago, I don't remember how many years ago, uh, it, here at WGN, I'm sitting in my office uh, working on uh, something, aka goofing around. But I'm working on something, and the program director at the time walks into my office with this guy who had like wrinkled, a wrinkled shirt, you know, jeans, and kind of kind of messy looking, and his hair was a mess. And uh, the program director goes to me, uh, I thought you might want to meet this guy. Uh, this is Larry Lujak. I knew you were going to say that. I, and my jaw dropped because he, <laughs> he looked like he fell asleep outside in the rain and just, <laughs> and just walked in. You know, all due respect. But, you know, he didn't care about his physical appearance. You know, and then he, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, you were like my hero growing up. And he's like, hey, pleasure to meet you, little Dee <laughs> I don't know. He didn't say that. But he didn't call you a snot nose, did he? Snot nose, little Dee Nice to meet you. Uh, but, you know, I was co- just completely blown away by that. And when uh, John Landecker came here to WGN, he was on with uh, he was on with Bob Surratt, and I think it was like during the segment that I do with Bob, and I revealed to John Records Landecker that when I was in college, I wrote a paper about rock radio, top forty rock radio, that included uh, John Records Landecker. Mm. So I wrote a college paper about John Landecker, which I'm sure made him feel great that somebody was writing a writing a paper about him. Yeah, I haven't wanted to tell him this yet, but uh, I'm saving it for a rainy day. On his show at night was the first time I ever heard the Elmo and Patsy Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer oh, song. Oh, yeah, see. Sitting in my driveway in Glenview. Yeah, see that? <laughs> That's... That was decadent stuff. Back oh, yeah. Back then. I've got a quick story for you. Remember Ron Riley? Sure. Ron came to Highland. Ron, Ron was, for those that don't remember, he was the evening DJ on uh, the uh, now defunct uh, WLS. They went out of business, Shawnee. I don't know if you know that. Yes, I know. But there was but a... He was, he was the nighttime DJ. He was like the big deal nighttime DJ uh, at night. For all of us nerdy kids that you know would listen on our transistor radios to hear the same five Beatles songs played over and over and over again. <laughs> but Ron came to Highland to um, for the grand opening of a local business there, a store. Uh, made a personal appearance about seven o'clock that night. We went down and oh, he signed boy. the the picture with the WLS, you know, yeah. iconic microphone uh, on there, and gave away records. And you went to see him, yeah, yeah and got his autograph. Did there you talk too. to him? I did, I did. And you'll like this story. Oh, hi, Mister Riley. <laughs> it was my name's w- Dave Schwab. That's what it was. That's uh, what it was. Uh, someday I want to be a DJ just like you. And of course, I was accompanied by. Uh, 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 my parents because i was like 12 and wasn't able to drive but he he saw my dad and he looked at my dad and smiled really big and he says you don't listen to me at night do you <laughs> and he said well no but my son here does so he said i have a record for you i'm not making this up he pulled out a glenn miller album what and gave it to my dad and signed it wow yes i still have it 
That is a very cool story. I'll bring story. it in next week and show it to you. That's a very cool story. Yeah. And so I was able to stay up until 10 o'clock, 10, 15 that night to listen to him. And I'm pointing at the radio going, we just met him. But this is great. <laughs> he signed a record for my dad. <laughs> he signed a Glenn Miller record for my dad. I'm Dave Schwab. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what year it was, but one of those, back in the 60s, uh, the American uh, Federation of Television and Radio Artists, that's the union that represents many of the on-air radio and television performers, went on strike. Remember that? I do. And uh, so so all the TV anchors were not, not on the air. Uh, none of the DJs were on the air. Everybody was on strike. And, you know, management, uh, were, they were coming on the air. <laughs> That's right. And people in the office were doing radio shows. <laughs> and, you know, people who were, were, were not uh, TV anchors were TV anchoring. And all the, uh, all, all the people that we knew from radio and television were out, literally out in the street picketing. Yes, they were. And I came downtown. Oh, with, you did with for my, that? Yep, and I had them all autograph my little transistor radio. Oh wow! So I don't, I don't, I have no idea where this radio was. It's probably tossed. But I had Ron Riley's autograph and Art Roberts. Art and, Roberts. Uh, all, whoever was a big DJ back then, and some TV anchors, Fahey Flynn. Ah. Fahey, the great Fahey Flynn signed my... Did he say, how do you do? How do you when do, you, when you saw, When you saw him? Oh, Mr. Flynn, will you sign my radio? <laughs> <laughs> I have a new character on the show now. You sound like Arnold, the newspaper delivery boy on the <laughs> Flintstones. That's the new character on the show, Nerdy Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, somewhere, but I mean, that was the impact. There was, there were no other distractions then. There were what, like three, four channels that were TV channels that we could watch. Sure. If that, and for our age, there were two radio stations to listen to. That's mm-hmm. it. And the guys, there were no women on radio back then. I mean, the, the, the glass ceiling there didn't break until much later on, uh, with the, you know, the great Yvonne Daniels, uh, breaking through and, and doing a show. But the, you know these were all guys. Uh, you know these were the guys that we wanted to be, growing up. You know, so it's uh, pretty cool. It's it's a pretty cool era that is going to be celebrated on uh, Sunday, August fourteenth at the Displains Theater. Wendy Snyder will host John Landecker and uh, Little Tommy Edwards, and uh, who else did I say is going to be there? Bob Stroud. Bob Stroud's going to be there. That's uh, Connie cool. Serzin. Connie Serzin. Wow. Chris Eric Stevens. Steve King. Our own Steve King. Uh, before he was Stephen Johnny, was uh, a pretty big deal DJ on his own. I remember him when he was in Indianapolis, too. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I first started listening to him, uh, you know, when I got mature and was I was listening to FM. You're not going to believe this, but Steve, I remember on WJOB in the uh, mid-1960s in Hammond. Yes, we've had, he and I have had some great discussions about our first jobs in northwest Indiana. He's told me he tries to avoid you in the hallway. Well, that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) To avoid those conversations. But after today's show, I know now that when I see you in the hall and I go, hi, Dean. (laughs) 
It's going to take on a different meaning. Not me. I don't care. I told you I don't like the skunkiness of it. It's stinky to me. I don't like it. Uh, anyway, uh, all these people are going to be talking about rock radio, legendary DJs of the 60s and 70s. What did I say it was? August 14th at the Displains Theater. And we've got two pair of tickets to give away for this. Uh, we will take callers. Uh, let's take callers. Let's make it 12 and 15. 15 i don't want to make it too hard on jack who has to actually answer the phone <laughs> let's make it call a 3000 on the phone no callers uh 10 and 15 312-981-7200 we'll set you up with a pair of tickets uh if you don't win you can get your tickets at museum.tv your diary everything in my life is changing my best friend justin is moving to alabama and my mom's got a boyfriend it's weird can I have a donut? How would you like a protein smoothie? Could you stay overnight? Okay, fine. You can have a donut. Yes. Can you just give him a chance? He's a sports car. A what? A babe. Just saying. Hey, Dad, I was just thinking of you. I'm sure Mom told you. I'm moving back. I'm so glad you're coming home. That's a little bit of the uh, brand new Apple TV Plus series called Amber Brown. Based on the book series for which you may already be familiar, uh, our Chicago's very own Bonnie Hunt uh, took that book series and uh, adapted uh, a season of episodes of the book to uh, the screen and has put together just a really charming, uh, lovely story about a little girl who's trying to grow up. Her uh, her parents are divorced. She's dealing with that. Her best friend has just moved away. She's dealing with that. Uh, you know, going through uh, school, growing pains in school, dealing with that. Uh, it's I, I don't want to call it a kid show because uh, that suggests a lowest common denominator kind of quality to it. Uh, these episodes are really smart. And there's definitely something special for kids, but there's definitely something special for adults uh, as well with this. If you're familiar with Bonnie's work as a writer, director, uh, you know, I I think of the movie Return to Me, which is one of my favorite movies of uh, all time. Uh, There is uh, just a a really intelligent level of uh, comedy and drama that's mixed into this new series. Uh, that's called Amber Brown. Uh, Bonnie was uh, in Chicago just the other day and made her only local appearance on our WGN-TV morning news. It was a pleasure to uh, welcome my old pal to the show. So we talked about how she created Amber Brown. Well, I was writing a ser- I was creating a show about being uh, uh, based on my experience with all my nieces and nephews about an eccentric aunt, and I ran into uh, an executive from Boat Rocker, Bob Higgins, and he's like, "Bonnie, what are you working on?" And I said, "Oh, I'm creating this series." And he said, "I have the rights to this book, Amber Brown, about a woman wrote about uh, an aunt and a niece." So. Um, we decided to collaborate. I met with the author's family and said, you know, this is the girl's really young in the book and it's a different era. Do you mind if I make it present day and bring my own personal life 
to the story and to the characters. And they said, okay. So I was home, you know, with my mom. We were right. roommates during the pandemic, and I wrote the whole first season just being at home with mom and she would read all the scenes and give me her notes she was my collaborator oh she must have given you vicious notes the uh, best. Like your, your mom was the most honest and best critic uh, yes. a girl could ever have and and witty and kind and loving and she just kept saying to me be mind- mindful of the energy you put out as a storyteller because yeah. it has a ripple effect and yeah. so I, I, I kept that in mind with the show and I think it's really I'm really proud of it I, it's, it's wh- funny wh- and smart and yeah. kind what I, what I I love is it's you know a lot of shows like this tween uh, series like mm-hmm. these can be really sappy oh no yeah and like overly right. saccharine and but this has just enough heart just enough co- comedy and irreverence mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just got a it's it's a little something for everyone and yet is perfect for the family at the same time we had a screening last night in Randhurst for the a district 57 school teachers and the kids just for you know get the word out we showed the first two episodes and it was just pure joy to see these families, like parents coming up and just, there's something for them too. It's at the top of our intelligence and cinematically I wanted to look more like a film instead of oversaturated kids show. Yeah. It really is a show for the whole family. Yeah, and, and um, it debuts today on uh, Apple yeah. TV Plus. Uh, ta- talking about your mom, I, I used to love when you had your uh, talk show uh, and you would have your mom on the show, yeah. uh, ask Alice, mm-hmm. uh, and, and giving her tips and uh, you know things like that. Uh, you're, you lost your mom about the same time that I lost my mom. Both of our moms were bigger than life. Right. We always uh, talked about our moms. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you took care of your mom mm-hmm. uh, during her final days. Um, I I look at those uh, old clips of your show just to remember what an amazing person she was. You know, sad that our moms are gone, but what amazing women that we had in our lives, right? I know, Dean. That's why, you know, our friendship is important to me because we just, we share that, how much we cherish those people in our lives that we were so lucky. I mean, my mom, warm, funny, kind, sharp wit, and, but just her kindness. Like, she was so... I, there's nobody like her, yeah. and and we we always like when you were talking about using your mom's cooking. There she is. Look how cute she Aww. is. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And I think I'll always grieve her. I think I'll I'll just never. I feel like a kid that's like in a high school play, and I keep looking to see if she can see me. Is she watching me? Yeah, she Does is. she think I'm doing good? Yeah, yeah. she is. She is. Um, I uh, watched probably for about the hundredth time Return to Me. It was oh. running on some... some mm-hmm. th- this is one of these movies, you know, that when you see it, you have to stop and watch no matter uh, what you're doing that you shot here with David Duchovny and Minnie Driver mm-hmm. uh, and Carol O'Connor, the great yeah. Carol O'Connor. Uh, what what great memories do you have of uh, you were in it also by the way I don't yeah. know if you know that you were yes. yeah, but, <laughs> some of uh, my best you work directed um, it you directed it yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was writing the film I just kept thinking about all the places that I loved in Chicago you know, I used to go on all my dates to Twin Anchors so I changed that into O'Reilly's Italian Restaurant right, right. I grew up in an Italian neighborhood with an Irish father so that was an element of it Lincoln Park Zoo was a place we'd go as kids I mean it really was not only a story about uh, beautiful characters that uh, seeking love and acceptance over loss and sadness. Um, it was a, a love letter to Chicago. This scene and, is uh, oh, this, this, scene this is Italy. where I usually break down. By the way, oh, 
Well, because his wife, before she passes away, says she promises to get him to Italy, but you, I don't want to ruin the ending. But this is the ending. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert for a film over guys, 10 years old. Do you, a... you see the nuns in the scene? Yeah. Every time I yelled cut, they'd all light up a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hilarious. We're in, I'm like only in Italy or Chicago. But were they I, real nuns? Yeah. Real nuns they were real got? nuns. Oh. They're like, scusa, mi dispiace, you know. I was like, what's going on? Oh, I'm like, you guys must be tired. We were at a hit last night. I'm like, oh, my. It was just, just, they were, it was, I kept taking pictures of them. They're like, Bonnie, we have to get back to the film. I'm like, the the nuns are smoking. (laughs) Not at Notre Dame High School here in Chicago. No, no. They were telling us there'll be no making out within a two-mile radius of the school. We couldn't kiss. We couldn't kiss within a two-mile. They had a nun on a bike that would see if we were kissing somebody. Monitoring to see if you were making out with the boys. absolute truth. If I wrote it in a movie, they'd say, that's brilliant. I'd just come up with it. Yeah. Didn't have to come up with anything. Truth is the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you for coming by and waking up early. God, we love seeing Waking you Waking so up much. early? What the heck does that mean, Dean? Yeah, I what, sleep the, in? That's what we say most of the every, most every morning, too. <laughs> uh, Amber Brown is streaming now on Apple TV Plus starts today. We love Bonnie Hunt. Thank you so much for coming by. No, thank you, guys. Thanks, Dean. Love, love you. you. Thank you so much. My buddy. There is uh, our pal, uh, the great Bonnie Hunt. Uh, her new series is called Amber Brown. It is streaming now on Apple TV Plus. Highly, highly recommended. And, uh, yeah, there is uh, just nobody nicer. We just love our Bonnie Hunt. Uh, in just a moment, another of Chicago's very own, Billy Corrigan of Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins fame, uh, talked with him about the big benefit that he put on for uh, victims and survivors of the July 4th shooting in Highland Park. That's coming up next. 1147, it's Dean Richards Sunday morning on WGN. You are enjoying this gorgeous Sunday morning. And I uh, hope you're enjoying uh, today's little Sunday morning get together. We had a few laughs on the show here today and happy to bring you some of our uh, A list interviews with the stars. Grammy winner Billy Corgan uh, has made his mark as the uh, front man. For the group Smashing Pumpkins, uh, but talk about a guy with a heart. Uh, Billy and his partner Chloe opened a tea shop in downtown Highland Park uh, many years ago. Uh, they live in Highland Park. Billy's lived there for 20 years now, uh, and their shop is located uh, exactly one block away from where the horrific 4th of July shootings took place. Uh, it was for that reason that Billy uh, could, you know, just really sense uh, the uh, trauma that this community has felt since those shootings. Uh, he's talked to so many people and seen what kind of impact uh, the shootings have had on uh, the victims and the survivors, and he wanted to do something about it. So this past Wednesday night at his uh, tea emporium, as it is called, his tea shop, uh, it's a it's a tea shop, uh, a vegan, or, or I guess you could call it a restaurant. You can get you know like things to snack on uh, and things like that there while you enjoy your tea. It's all, all vegan though, uh, and a performance space where you know people come and they, you know they sing and play their instruments and so forth. Billy put on uh, a benefit to raise money for. Uh, the uh, victims and survivors of the 4th of July shootings. I think it's the Highland Park Community Foundation was the beneficiary of all of this, for which 
quarter million dollars was raised. And I think the the benefit wound up being about two and a half, three hours, something like that. It was an online uh, concert that uh, you could watch, you know, on your computer. Uh, and Billy, of course, performed. His partner, Chloe, performed. Frank Catalano, uh, one of our top jazz musicians in Chicago, uh, performed. Uh, the uh, the singer named Billy Swan, do you remember his hit song from uh, the 1970s, I Can Help? Uh, he's a, a very prolific singer and songwriter. He's written a lot of different songs, but that was his big hit song. He and his daughter performed. And Perry Farrell, uh, formerly Jane's Addiction, Pornos for Pyro's fame, uh, he went all the way up to Highland Park and he performed uh, as part of the evening as well. And as I say, they raised uh, a quarter million dollars for the, you know people who are in need of help in Highland Park. Good heart, really, really good heart, uh, Billy Corrigan and uh, Chloe. So congratulations to them. That morning, before the event actually took place, uh, we went out to Highland Park and we broadcast my segments of the morning show, uh, television morning show that day from the tea house. And we sat down and uh, talked one-on-one with Billy Corrigan. Well, it was wild because that day I would have been down here, but we were closed that day for the holiday because I'm down here all the time. And uh, my family was on a plane, so luckily they weren't at the parade or they would have been at the parade. So we're sort of in this weird situation where we were shut down by the FBI for a week because we were part of the crime scene. And we spent that time sort of reflecting and really started to hear the stories. And a lot of our friends were involved in the shooting. Some of our closest friends were literally right, you know, right in the barrel of of the gun. It's so horrific to even talk about. So we found the way we processed our emotions and our grief and our sorrow was to sort of get active and to become, you know, part of this conversation as far as like, how do we move this community forward? How we get some funds in here to heal some of the people? Just the mental health crisis in Highland Park alone is staggering. The last number I heard was 1,200 people a day were going to to the local high school for mental health help. I mean, that's a staggering that's number. A, yeah, that's a lot. You actually had an event here, a private event last night for uh, first responders where you must have seen up close and personal uh, how the event uh, affected people in this community. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it because I feel like maybe I'm giving away a little bit of confidence there, but there was a lot of heavy emotion going on in the room. Uh, for some of the people that were here, it was the first time they'd been back together as a team since the event. So when you see trauma up close like that, and you see true heroes who ran into the line of fire to assist others, it's not only humbling, it's sort of staggering because it's so beyond human comprehension. But yet there it is. These are the survivors. These are the heroes. And they are grappling with this, not only today, but they're going to be grappling with this, you know, in many ways for the rest of their life. Yeah. You were telling me earlier, though, that you, you could really, like, feel the power of music, the healing power of music. Uh, last night, as I'm sure you will again tonight sure. with the benefit. Well, Jimmy Chamberlain from the Pumpkins has a jazz group with Frank Catalano, and you know when they started playing, they kind of lit it up and started playing some loud jazz, and it was great. But I started thinking, is this the right mood with this room? And you could see the look on people's faces that they were almost just relieved yeah. to just let it go for a second and just have a little bit of fun. For them, it's been very, very heavy. So just the power of music just to kind of just bring some energy into the room, you know, get people laughing, get people clapping along. 
It was super awesome. And so now we take that message into the world tonight. We bring Highland Park to the world through this live uh, broadcast on YouTube, Smashing Pumpkins YouTube channel, free concert, and then we just encourage people to donate. Yeah, so what's going to happen here tonight? Who do you have? Uh, what's going to happen? I mean, it's going to be a pretty cool night uh, for a very sure. good cause. So quickly, our lineup is Janelle Lake, who's a local harpist, fantastic. Uh, Billy Swan, uh, who everybody remembers, I Can Help, number one hit. Uh, and his daughter, Sierra, here. Uh, I'll be playing solo. I'll be playing also with Jimmy Chamberlain. Jimmy Chamberlain will be playing with his jazz quartet with Frank Catalano. Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction will be in, in the room. And, of course, Bob Moses, who's also one of the headlining acts at Lollapalooza, has, uh, has agreed to be part of the event, which is so important because having younger artists involved in this event and also bringing the message to young people, because young people particularly have been so affected by this tragedy, I think that's the hardest thing to grapple with. Adults, you can kind of say, okay, I can I can kind of see where this is going to go. With young people, we really don't know what the real uh, result of this tragedy is going to be. Yeah, and Perry Farrell, uh, you know, with Lollapalooza starting, he's, he's got one or two things going on this week. Uh, but sure. he has also agreed to join you tonight as well. Yeah, right? well, Perry's been a friend for over 30 years. And it's worth pointing out, you know, Perry's a very proud Jewish American. And this community of Highland Park being so heavily Jewish, it means a lot for Perry to come here to support this community because, you know, this is part of a larger conversation for him. So there's so many moving pieces. But the beautiful part is you get people together in a room, heal through music, raise some funds for the local community, and just start to turn the page here just a little bit. We're not trying to run away from what's happened, but we just want to kind of move the conversation forward just a little bit, bring some positive love and energy. And uh, the support from the community of Chicago at large has been incredible. Yeah, and while it's a, a free YouTube concert that you can watch on, on the Smashing Pumpkins YouTube page, uh, there will be some place on there where people can make donations uh, that will go to help uh, people who have been affected by the tragedy. Right? Yeah, sure, it's really easy. People have actually already been donating before the show, which is fantastic. And with the sponsors involved in the local community, we've raised a good amount of money so far, so we're hoping for a big, big night. So. Just remember, we live in this world now where if you share, you let people know. If you know someone who's a Smashing Pumpkins fan, it's not the concert's not for you. Just let them know. That's the world we live in. That's the economy we live in. If you can do that, you will be helping tonight. Yep. It's uh, Together and Together Again, a benefit for the Highland Park Community Foundation on the Smashing Pumpkins YouTube page tonight starting at 8 o'clock. Our pal Billy Corrigan, thank you for getting up early. Thank you, Dan. We've got a rock and roll musician to wake up early and join us today. Appreciate it. Yeah, what a good guy he is, uh, Billy Corrigan. Uh, you can watch the concert, by the way. It's on the Smashing Pumpkins YouTube page. It's called Together and Together Again. Uh, you can go back and, you know, watch, uh, you know, whatever parts of it. I, I sat at home and watched the whole thing, and it was great. Uh, and so uh, get on there, uh, enjoy and uh, if you can, uh, make whatever donation you can. It helps the people who are dealing with this tragedy in Highland Park. As I'd mentioned, uh, the last check, uh, they had taken in uh, about a quarter million dollars uh, for this. But uh, I'm sure that they wouldn't mind if uh, people continue to make donations. So go to the Smashing Pumpkins YouTube page, and you can take care of that. Speaking of Perry Farrell, who was at the benefit that night, we sat down with him one-on-one. Uh, the first day of Lollapalooza, and he made some exclusive news with us and also shared uh, a couple of Perry Farrell recipes. Turns out he does a few things in the kitchen. 
We'll share that coming up on our Food Time show next. Yep, we're here. We're here in our appointed positions. Clearly, we did not win Mega Millions. No, we didn't. <laughs> Would you have shown up for work if you, you're going through your lottery tickets and you see, oh, I'm the winner. Yeah, I would have shown up for work. You would have shown up, but would you have told me? Um, well, that I don't know. Okay, I'm going to take that as a big no. <laughs> All right. Why wouldn't would, you tell me? Well, no, I would have. I, I would have mentioned it to you. I wanted to be. I want to be sure, though. And I, I, I imagine that whoever has this ticket, as we've seen people winning, you know, multi-million-dollar prizes right. here in the past, they should contact me. <laughs> They should contact you. They should I'll, you. Yeah, I hear. Here's my personal phone number. <laughs> Go ahead and call me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm your old friend. Remember? I can help you with this. I'm your friend. <laughs> um, I would no. I would. I don't know what I would do. I, think I, would I would make sh- very very sure that you know the numbers are correct before you actually do step forward. Right. Also. Frankly, get some legal representation. I was going to say you're going to need it. The first thing that I would do is find myself a good lawyer mm-hmm. to <laughs> to cover all that, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think I would come into work. I would come into. I work. I think I would be business as usual. Yeah, I would come into work till I get the giant check, <laughs> the the great big poster that they <laughs> hand you at I want the, the news conferences, poster, and I want to take that giant poster check and take it to the bank and try to deposit. <laughs> You're walking in, yeah, turn it over and endorse it on the back. Um, I'd like one point two billion dollars in cash, please. <laughs> I can see you just scrawling your name on the back of how that much, check. Wh- how much is, uh, I mean, it was one winner. It was at a, a gas station in Des Plaines, right? Yes, a Where Speedway the- gas station in Des Plaines. Yeah. That is true. Um, how much will, if they choose to take the pa- the cash payout, what do they get? Yeah, if they choose to take the cash payout, the uh, the actual prize is well over a billion dollars with a B. But if they if they do take the cash prize, which means all of the taxes and everything else are deducted, it's something like um, seven hundred million. It was one point two eight billion for the jackpot itself. But with the you know after you deduct everything that you are required to deduct with something like right. this, because otherwise you have to wait like thirty years, right? You take it in increments. Yeah, yeah, you take it in and increments, something like that, and then you get the full one point. You'll, Two billion you, you, if you're you'll alive. Get, you'll get five, six hundred million out of this. The Speedway station where the ticket was sold is going to get half a million. They get a half a mil. Yeah. Yeah. And the winner gets like 700 something. 700 million dollars. Yeah. I wouldn't sneeze at that. Yeah. I'm rethinking that I would come in. <laughs> I might have to call in sick. <laughs> I'm not feeling. Um, I'm not. Yeah, you got to use well. your yeah, use your nerd voice there. Right? Um, I'm not feeling well. I just won a billion dollars. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations to somebody. Yeah, whoever. It's going to be interesting to see who this is. I hope it's just not somebody who you know they get all that money, and then they go buy stupid stuff. I know. Yeah, I hope I, they you know invest wisely, give some to charity, you know do do. Uh, remember like years ago, there's like one guy, he won the lottery and went and bought a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing against nothing against bowling no, alley owners, but that doesn't seem like the best investment after you suddenly become incredibly well, wealthy. Here, here's another thing too. You know, if you won, even if you won just the regular lottery, let's say you know a couple million dollars, wouldn't you be excited? You know, just jumping up and down and and saying, you know. Uh, I've got all of this. And you'd want to tell everybody. And you'd want to tell everybody. But you can't tell anybody. I remember many years ago covering a news conference for a couple of people that had never played before, never played the lottery before. And on the first try, they won something like $10, 15000000 million. Wow. And they had a news conference with them, and they were just so collected and so calm you know no ear-to-ear grin or no exuberant expressions of things you know we we were trying to ask them what was your first reaction how do you feel you wanted some crazy how do you how do you feel what what what, what's going through your head oh that's pretty cool you know yeah we like it. We, 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 I guess we're pretty lucky. <laughs> was, I'm, I'm through the roof if I win five bucks on a scratch-off. <laughs> Do you play the lottery? No, yeah. no. I, I have bought tickets just a handful of times. I did win, I don't know, $50, $75 many years ago in a ticket. Came very close to getting five of the six did numbers. Did you quit your job? <laughs> I can't do that. No. 50. I won 50, 50 bucks. bucks. I quit. Here, here. Take this job. And love these uh, beautiful weather Sundays. And that's what we've got today. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. 12-14, Dean Richards, Sunday morning. We continue uh, signing off the show a little bit early today. Make way for some motor uh, racing action for you. So we've got a couple of other things that we want to get to today. We've got a $100 gift card from uh, BBQ Barbecue Authority in Lyle. Visit BBQAuthority.com to shop and to learn more. Uh, if you are a foodie at all and uh, you know do uh, grilling, etc., you've got to stop out at the Barbecue Authority. A $100 gift card, but... Here's how I'm going to give it away. I'm going to take caller seven, but wait, hold it. You have to be caller number seven with a recipe. Give me uh, one of your favorite recipes. Share with the audience. So, you know, if somebody wants to do something special on the grill today or or otherwise, I guess it can be a non-grilling recipe as well. Uh, It has to be a grilling recipe. It has to be a recipe. Uh, from caller number seven, and we'll give you that $100 gift card. I think that's a pretty good deal, right? 312-981-7200 is the uh, telephone number as uh, Jack sorts through those, and we'll find out who that winner is in a couple of minutes. Let me tell you why I can't barbecue right now. I feel paralyzed. I haven't grilled in like three weeks because I'm having some work done on my deck so I had to take everything that was on my deck, off my deck, and uh, they did uh, a sanding and a sealing, you know, seal. They, they sanded and sealed it yesterday. So, you know, my grill, uh, I could wheel around, you know, while, while they were doing the repair work, I could wheel it around as needed. But now the whole thing needed to be sanded and uh, sealed. So we had to, like, literally take everything off of the deck yesterday and you know the grill it's a it's a big grill i have i have a big green egg which weighs 
50,000 pounds for one thing. Uh, and also uh, my gas grill that's on there. And both of them are quite, quite heavy. I didn't want to lug them down the stairs uh, off of the deck. So I wheeled both of them. <laughs> They're in my. I have a big green egg and also a big gas grill uh, in, my, uh, <laughs> in my kitchen right now. I have to wait a couple of days for things to, you know, dry and settle and I don't know, whatever Lou Manfredini would recommend that I do it. But I know I have to wait for a couple of days. But in the meantime, my grill is inside my house. So, you know, between the repair work over the last few weeks and the sealing uh, process, et cetera, I'm, I, I'm, I'm without my favorite thing to do in the summertime, you know, grilling outside right now. So... Uh, I'm going to take the take the recipe. I'm going to write it down, and when I'm able to move my grills back outside again, <laughs> and I I will uh, try the recipe out. Okay, so let's see what we have here. Caller number seven is Mary. From where are you calling, Hello? Mary? Hello. Hi, I'm calling from Chicago on the southwest side oh. by Midway. Oh, very nice. Nice to have you with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. So do you have Thank a you so do you have a special recipe for us? Yes, I have a recipe for arrachetta. It's Mexican oh. skirt steak. Oh, I love arrachetta. Yeah. So what, what do I start off with? Do I do I use flank steak for that? No, it's inner, what? Inner skirt steak. Inner skirt steak. Skirt steak. Okay. All right. I know. Yeah. And uh, what do I do? How do I prepare it? Well, you have the butcher open it up and take the fat off and put it through the tenderizer machine. Okay. And then when you get home, you just put put it in a container with lime, a lot of lime, mm. a beer, one beer, and some adobo. It's like an all-season. Season, sure, yeah, yeah. So, And how long, and how long do I let that marinate? At least four hours to overnight. Okay. Uh, salt, pepper, anything like that? Or does the adobo cover all the spices the adobo, that I need? Yeah, the adobo has everything you need in there. Okay. All right. And then... And then uh, go, th- go throw ahead. it on the grill and... To your likeness. Grill. Yeah, to, to, yeah, to, to your likeness. To your likeness. I, I Personally, I like it like a medium for myself. How about yeah. you? I agree. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I don't like it too bloody. So it only takes a couple. It only takes a couple minutes on the grill. Yeah. Throw it on a tortilla, some cilantro, onion. Mm. You're delicious. Now, now, when you cut it, do you have to cut it? Uh, don't you have to cut that steak a certain way so it's not too tough, like across the grain yes, or something like that? Across the grain, yeah. Cut it across the grain, slice it up, and you're good to go. Oh, that sounds good. All right, let's. Uh, I, I, I'm definitely going to give it a try. Uh, once I'm back, once I'm back up and running again, uh, and, and that sounds fantastic. The Mexican skirt steak, arrachetta, is that right? Yes. Very good. Yes, that's right. How about a hundred dollar gift card for you, my friend, from Barbecue Authority in Lyle? Okay. That's great. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy it. Visit bbqauthority.com to shop and to learn more. And enjoy your Sunday today, Mary. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. So what I'm expecting to happen sometime today is that uh, Mayor Lightfoot and Perry Farrell, the founder of Lollapalooza, will uh, get together uh, and make an announcement that there will be a 10-year extension of Lollapalooza here in the city of Chicago. 
Perry, when I talked one-on-one with Perry Farrell the other day, uh, he told me that that's uh, what was going to happen. He said that an official announcement with the mayor was going to be made on Sunday. But uh, after we had it on WGN-TV and here on WGN Radio, uh, the management company that runs Lollapalooza set a snag According to a published report, a snag had taken place in the negotiations. Uh, So they didn't know what was going to happen. So uh, this is what Perry Farrell told me, direct from the horse's mouth. When we come into town, by the time we leave there, almost a half a billion dollars of uh, currency trades hands, whether it be a taxi cab guy to a club owner to a hotel owner. Everybody's wondering, you know, will this partnership continue? I know you're in talks with uh, the city of the Park District. Yes, I can announce to you now now that, yes, uh, the mayor has given us a 10-year extension in the park. So we'll be around here for another decade. Okay, so there you heard, uh, couldn't have been more clear, Perry uh, telling me that a deal had been struck with the city uh, it seemed like uh, backpedaling started to take place after uh, you know Perry uh, gave me the exclusive story on this and shared it with me. He told me that an announcement was going to be made on Sunday, uh, so we'll see. Uh, you know, if uh, an announcement is going to be made today or is not going to be made today, we'll you know we'll uh, stand by and and, and wait uh, to see uh, how it all works out. Uh, it seems like it's win-win for everybody involved here. Some organizations, community organizations, wanted to be involved in the uh, negotiations with uh, the Lollapalooza people, uh, the Park District, the city, and the Lollapalooza people uh, all have been talking for some time now, and we'll we'll see what the result uh, winds up being. My sense on this, it's not confirmed, my sense on this is that they are going to make an announcement today, and it's going to be exactly what Perry Farrell told me the other day. So we'll see. Um, in the meantime, we talked with uh, Perry about a lot of things, about you know being kind of the proud papa of uh, Lollapalooza that he started uh, because he wanted it. At first, you know, Lollapalooza started as kind of a traveling festival. It would go all around the country in different cities, and that became very uh, you know financially unfeasible to uh, put together a show like that and they just decided it would be better to base it in one city and bring all the bands to one place instead of going all over the country and sometimes all over the world uh, to put these shows on and they decided on chicago because of its central location they decided this would be a good place to do it and this is where it's been ever ever since then Uh, So we talked about, uh, you know, that we talked about the safety issues, which have been, uh, you know, the the Chicago police have done a fantastic job keeping things safe this year. You got to give it to them. But, you know, I've been talking to uh, celebrities about recipes lately as well. And I thought, what does a a big time rock and roll guy eat and drink? Uh, That is what we found out from him. My forte is bachelor food. For years before I was married, I was amazing at coming up with a dish 20 minutes or less. You know, you can start with uh, my favorite dish. I would say what I like to do is I wake up in the morning, I make a, a record selection, I put on a record, at least one side will I play, and I'll make a breakfast. It'll always include uh, a beautiful juice. 
Um, and then I get into the, the proteins. I'll do an egg. And then within the egg, that's where you can go crazy with omelet. So you can put in your uh, mushroom and your avocado and your tomato um, and, you know, um, the, the spinach that you all these things that you get at the farmers market and then uh, maybe even a goat cheese with that and then uh, a sourdough bread only one slice when I'm at Lala whenever I'm on tour I always have a juice set up so fresh juice you know celery tomatoes um, I use ginger in there um, what else did I have in there celery uh, carrots spinach um, and garlic yeah. so I crush all that down and that's what I'm usually drinking when I'm walking around and it's giving me vitality and I put a little bit of vodka in yeah, there oh boy it there moves, it moves along the blood yeah, yeah I'll, bet it, it, I'll bet it moves along the blood <laughs> but so there you go a couple of uh, you know recipe options right from Perry Farrell from Jane's addiction uh, fame uh, we're going to be trying those on TV and see how those work out. Uh, that's going to wind it up for us today. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll see you tomorrow morning on Bob Surratt Show between 8 and 8.30 as always and on WGN TV Morning News. Tomorrow I'm going to be talking with B.J. Novak of uh, The Office fame about his brand new movie that he's put together.